Thank you, thank you. Cool. It's so good to be with us together, isn't it? Hey, oh, I'm excited. And uh, I believe that God's got some things in store for us today. And uh, those of you who come to the King's Arms regularly will know that we take God's word very seriously. And um, kind of week in, week out, we want to open the Bible and see what God wants to say to us. And we always also believe as a church that God very much speaks today through his Holy Spirit, and uh, we want to be tuned in to everything that he wants to speak to us, both through the kind of leaders and the prophetic and the things that he's got put laid on our hearts. And so in that vein today, what we've been doing is this is the last of a number of weeks that we've been going through as part of a tuning in series, okay? And so where often we'll go through books of the Bible, on this occasion we're taking individual weeks. And so how many of you were here for the last couple of weeks where Phil Wilty has been speaking? Oh, if you weren't, guys, you've got to get on the website. Two outstanding messages talking about the season that God has got us in and the Kairos moment and how we're going to respond to God in the midst of it. And today, I guess, what we're looking to do is just unpack an element of one of the things that Phil made reference to. And that is with regard to building the culture of the Father. And he spoke, Phil, about the fact that the, the culture and the kingdom of the Father and the nature of the way we want to do life here at King's Arms is all about family, is all about community, is all about hospitality. And so what we're going to be doing today is a little bit different in the respect of I'm going to unpack a little bit of a verse and then I'm going to invite two very special people to come and speak to us in a moment and uh, share something of what God's laid on their hearts to speak to us today. But I just wanted to say, I guess, as a way of preface and introduction, is that not only are you guys so welcome to be here, but you guys are officially part of the family. Okay? And every single one of you, I believe, God has got a plan for. Every single one of you has a purpose. Every single one of you is needed here in this place. And so we're not building a staff team here. We're not building a, a, simply a, a structure that is by nature the, the, the building that we walk into of bricks and mortar. We are building every single one of us as a believer together, regardless of size, shape, how long you've been a Christian, background, color, ethnicity, whatever that looks like. We're building a family here for the glory of God. So let me tell you a little verse that we're going to unpack, okay? Um, if you want to, uh, you can flick in your Bibles to it. It's Romans 12. I'm going to read in the NLT version, but it's also going to appear up here behind me. It says this. Let's listen to these words and encouragement of how we to live our lives. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them and always be eager to practice hospitality. We're going to look at what it is to practice hospitality in the midst of this. I would suggest to you that this is a critical moment for us just now, a critical time to listen to what God's saying. I would suggest it's biblical as we've seen and it's for us. And I have a dream, and many of you guys who have heard me speak in the past, I've got a dream of tens of thousands of people being saved in this town. And uh, do you know what? I want King's Arms to be right in the center of people flocking as they come and hear the good news of Jesus Christ and getting saved in this place. And the, the very nature of us being family and offering hospitality is one of the things that's going to allow them to see community in action and for allow people to be stick and get connected here. And you know, sometimes people come into this place and they experience a phenomenal welcome. I'm so thrilled by that. 
I remember one particular guy called George who was very nervous about coming into church. And uh, he'd come from a very uh, difficult background of kind of uh, drink and drugs and so on and come from a, uh, a homeless for a little while. And he kind of wandered into this place and very, very nervously. And he was picked up by some of the welcome team who kind of invited him in to come and sit in the auditorium. And as soon as he came in here, he saw the, the band up on stage. And one of our worship leaders, Mickey, was up and she's got a huge tattoo down her arm. And George, where he was really worried about, oh, do you know, I just, with all my tattoos, with all my piercings, with the way I look, I'm never going to be accepted here. As soon as he saw Mickey up on the stage, he said, I finally felt like I was coming home. <laughs> and, you know, George was, uh, was a guy who very quickly got bedded into a missional community here. He very quickly started going in and out of people's homes. And uh, he actually found Jesus here on one of our courses. And now he's actually kind of living a life which pursues him. And that's so wonderful to hear when someone actually, in the midst of hospitality and welcome and connection and family, suddenly becomes to, comes to find a home. But the reality is, I'm sad to say, that that's not everybody's experience. And there are times and there are individuals here who, who haven't had that kind of welcome and support. And I, I was heartbroken to hear, it was some months ago now, but just as we were starting to think about this kind of message, that there was one particular lady who was in a very difficult place in her life where she had two very young kids. She was pregnant with number three. And um, you know, in, in the days leading up to her first ever visit to King's Arms, her husband had walked out on her. And so she came to this place very nervous, very scared, never been here before. And she came and, and came and sort of sat in the auditorium just here. And she uh, sort of sat just for a few minutes before, um, you know, the worship started and no one spoke to her. And, you know, she, she listened to the, to the message and no one spoken to her. And she stood up to, to leave the building. And literally just as she was about to step out, one of our welcome team was able to grab her and speak to her and pray with her. And I just thought, man, I'm so thrilled that they did. But how many other people in that same situation, in that difficult place of finding it so hard in their lives, do actually go out of that building with no one actually having spoken to them. I don't want that to be the case. And I know that you guys don't want to either. And so I, in one respect, I, I so want to stand here as a leader in this church and say, I'm so sorry if you haven't experienced the strong and healthy, positive, vibrant, wonderful welcome that we want you to have and the genuine hospitality that is in our hearts. On the other hand, you know what? I want to extend to every single one of us who are here, guys, we can be part of the solution. And actually, in the midst of God speaking today, I want to invite us all to step up and say, actually, I'm going to take responsibility in this family to make it the most hospitable place that anybody could actually attend. And so today, rather than me speaking about it, what we wanted to do was invite two people who are living this stuff out and who I would say, for me, model what it means to be phenomenally hospitable. But they're such an encouraging pair. Many of you will know them. They're very much uh, pillars in this community. And I would love to invite you to stand with me and welcome Damien and Vicky Miller as they come and share with us this morning. Awesome. As Steve said, and I guess many of you know, we're Damien and Vicky, and uh, we have five lovely kids. Hopefully, there's a little photo going up. We've just come back from Devon. This is us away on our family um, holiday. The mathematical among you will realize there's not just seven there. They're not all our kids. Um, we also went with some of our best friends, Mary and Ben and Anna. Um, just to give you a bit of our background, we've been around since King's Arms began many years ago, over 20 years ago. Um, we were part of the first... Um, small group, there's about 40 of us crammed into someone's lounge, um, that were then planted out from Woodside to be, to be us now, over a thousand people. It's been an amazing privilege. 
so over the years, we've been involved in lots of different things. Worship, alpha, kids work, doing missional communities, service teams, all that kind of stuff. But I think for us, we would say that one of the things we've always felt called to is to be hospitable and be family to people. Hence why we're chatting about it today. Hello. Hello. This one. Mm. This is a bit weird, this is. You know when you say, you know when you say yes to something and then <laughs> the reality hits? Um, I'm so nervous, I've got it digitally on paper. I've also got it tattooed on Vicky's back as well, in case it goes wrong. Um, so just as an introduction to the subject, um, I want to try and communicate the importance of um, being hospitable. And it may seem like an odd subject to, to focus a Sunday on, but it, it really is an important call on all of our lives. Um, when asked the question in, in the Gospel of Mark, um, what commandment is the most important? How did Jesus reply? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. The presumption being that you do love yourself. Um, and there's no other commandment greater than these. So it, it's not a request. It's one of the greatest, most important instructions that Jesus gave us. Um, when pressed, what is the greatest commandment? This was his reply. Um, knowing that his answer would be recorded for all time. So it's quite a biggie. And I'm thinking it's a really important subject to look at. And if we, if we grasp this, it really will change everything. Um, and the key here is, is love. It's not like find a project or, you know, try and do the right thing because you're a Christian. It's, it's loving people, loving, loving your neighbor, your work colleague, um, the new or not so new person here at King's Arms. Um, Sorry, I am a little bit nervous. Um, yeah, it will change their lives. If you love, if you love like, those people well, it will change their lives and they will experience Jesus, whether, whether they know it or not. Um, if you remember Phil's talk a couple of weeks ago, he said, before you can take a nation, you need to remember you've been given a town. And I, I want to take it back even further than that by saying, before you can take a town, you've been given a neighbor or a friend or a work colleague. So Vicky's going to share some of the reasons why we should be hospitable, and I'm going to do the easy bit and share some stories um, of how we've tried to live this out in our lives. And we realize that there's tons of people here doing this amazingly well, better than what we are, and a real example to us. But we've, we just feel like we've got uh, you know, this, what, the call on our lives, so we're just going to share that with you guys. And thank you so much for what everyone does here already and the example that they are to us. Okay, so we've entitled this talk Four Keys to Being Hospitable, so we're going to dive right in with key number one, which is that there's a call on all of our lives to be hospitable. I think often when we think about hosting, we can think of catering for like large numbers of people or, you know, sort of stressful cooking, and, and I think many of us opt out of hospitality because maybe we think we can't cook or maybe we struggle to talk to new people or, or just host and have, you know, the space to have visitors stay. But I don't think that's really what we're talking for. You know, we have amazing people in this church, like Mel Palmer, who'll cater for hundreds at New Day, and Liam Pickford, who loves to cook curry for, like, loads. But that isn't what most of us are called to do, actually. But we are all called to be hospitable. Um, so hospitality actually is about people making, well, making them feel welcome, really, loved and cared for, whether that's in your home or at your school or at your place of work. Um, biblical hospitality is like very much about relationship, not just kind of catering. 
and a whole other level of being like family to one another. So in Psalm 68, it says God sets the lonely in families. And um, I'm part of a missional community here looking at like fostering and adoption for literal orphans. But actually, the verse God sets the lonely in families is about way more than that. It's about like emotional and spiritual orphans and people who don't have family or don't have a community that they live in. And as this church gets bigger and bigger, building people into our families is, and loving them really well is how we are going to welcome people and make them part of our community. And like Steve touched on earlier, to do that, everybody is going to have to play their part. So um, there's just a few stories of some of the ways we've tried to live this out over the recent years. And obviously, we've got lots of stories of where we've done it wrong, but we didn't feel that'd be appropriate to share. So <laughs> we're going we're gonna to big ourselves up a little bit with some of the stories that we did well. Um, yeah, thank you. So we felt God calling us to widen our family. Um, we knew an easy way for this to happen was to invite people to just come and live with us. So the last few years, um, over the last few years, we've had a couple of lodgers who ended up becoming like real family to us. Um, initially, it felt like a bit of a sacrifice to lose space um, and privacy, but actually part of the fun for us has been what we've gained as a family. Um, it's a little bit like um, Mary and Hannah um, came, moved in with us um, as, as lodgers and they left as family, like real adopted daughters. Um, both Hannah and Mary have spoke so much into our lives um, and into our kids' lives. So Hannah is like a big sister to, um, to Molly particularly and she regularly takes her out for coffee dates and influences her so excellently. And the same for Mary, all my kids call her their big sister. Um, and she hangs out with them and, and listens to them and speaks truth and challenges them. Um, and they actually listen to her, which is quite good. Um, and I guess the point is, it's, it's a two-way investment. Obviously, the biggest thing that's happened to us is gaining Ben, really. I mean, that's obviously a massive, <laughs> massive bonus. We love that guy. Um, yeah, it's, it's a two-way investment. And recently, I've been supporting someone going through a marriage breakup. Um, and right from the start, I felt God say, invite him into your life. Um, walk this out together. So I, I made a decision just to try and love him, um, to be there as much as I can, not to try and fit him in as like a pastoral project, but to be available and a, as accessible as possible. And um, he recently sent me an email, and he gave me permission to read this out, so I'm not doing the dirty on him. But he said, um, during one of the darkest periods of my life, you've done life next to me, sharing my struggles and burdens while speaking truth to me with patience, kindness, and compassion. You've been a true brother in Christ, and I can see Jesus meeting me through your hands and feet. You've lived out and expressed with your actions what loving someone is. My deepest thanks to Vicky and you for your honor, integrity, and truth. It's just a really simple thing. I just chose to love him, and it just it's really helped change his life. And then another thing, I, um, a year or so ago, we, we invited a friend just to come to church with us. Um, and he came, and, and, and basically since then, he's been every week. Um, He's been coming with us for over a year now, and, and, and every Sunday he just turns up in the morning, he drinks coffee, and then we go to church and we have lunch together. Um, and, and part of his journey is just being part of our family. Um, he comes to church with us, he just hangs with us right in the middle of all our chaos. And now he, he, he loves being in our family. Uh, he really is part of us. Um, he's amazing at meeting our kids where they're at. Um, loving them really well. He's grown so much in the last year. And actually, in the last year, he's given his life to Jesus. And um, he's now living with Jesus right at the center. So there's like just really three really practical, simple ways that we've just loved people. Which, and it's not 
difficult. It's not brain surgery. We just try and love people and invite them to be part of our family. And it will look different for all of us. Um, there's just three, three examples of what we've, we've done, but it's been a real privilege to watch that happen. Okay, the second key is don't wait for life to be perfect before you're hospitable. The truth is your house will probably never feel large enough and you'll never have the budget to cater in the ways that you may well like. And there's definitely never enough time. What we're saying for us is hospitality looks less like grandly hosting people and more like just inviting people in to be part of our family. Living around us, watching us handle tough situations, choosing to love and speak truth and hopefully being generous with our time, food and money. It's about us standing by others, both as they flourish, but also as they, as they struggle. And for us, them being family right back to us as well. Celebrating ups together and encouraging each other when life is hard. Just doing life together, really. Being hospitable for us involves trying to have an open house as much as we possibly can. So people knowing that they can pop in whenever they want to, like family do, and that they'll be included in the, you know, the chaos in our house that is you know, what it is mostly like with a sociable bunch of seven people. I think, in reality, there is a cost to being hospitable. Um, for me, sometimes it's the energy involved in cooking and, and chatting to people, and that might be the cost for many of you. But mostly, if I'm really honest, it's the choice to be really authentic all the time. I think for many of us, our home is like our castle and our place to relax and just be ourselves and you know, not have to put on airs and graces. And so I guess the challenge to invite people into that is choosing to be yourself all the time, um, whoever's around. Sometimes I do well at this and sometimes I don't. But it's worth recognising that it is a costly choice to let people be part of your family and live around you, letting them see the best and worst of you, the mistakes we make, the mistakes our kids make, how often we get things wrong. Our house is often messy and chaotic um, and we don't always say the right thing and handle everything as we should. But I guess trying to be secure in God and know that his grace covers all of us is really, really key in this. And having an understanding that people are actually God's top priority, not my housework, not my spare time that I can so easily feel entitled to. I think, um, you know, maybe for you the cost of being hosp hospitable is something totally different to me. It could be the time that it eats into your downtime, your box set TV time, your time to sit and disengage and look at your phone and, you know, what, and there's nothing wrong with any of those things in themselves. But it is thinking about what God is asking of you in this area. You know, how can you use your resources for his glory and loving people well? And it's going to look really different for every single one of us. Just on a really practical side note, Steve touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, if you're not really feeling part of church and plugged in, alongside kind of serving and being part of a team, which pulls you in and makes you part of the community, being hospitable is a really great way to get stuck in. It's really easy to come into a church of this size on a Sunday and just find it really overwhelming because it is busy and there are so many people here. Um, but that's why it's so important to be part of a life group, a missional community, and, and get to know people in the church. You know, if you come on Sunday and you don't do any life with anybody outside of a Sunday meeting, it will feel like a club and less like a family. Um, so I just want to challenge us all this morning to try to think about being the answer to what we don't see going on around us. Instead of moaning about it, let's be the people who make a change. Getting really, really practical, you know, I think we can easily think of barriers to why we can't do it. So if you don't have enough money, maybe just invite people around for a toast party. You bring the bread, they bring the toppings. If you can't cook, host a bring and share meal so you don't even have to. Just be willing to host. If you don't have a big enough home, you could arrange a walk or a picnic or meet in somebody else's home. If you're an introvert, try and team up with people who are more outgoing you and, and you know, ride on the back of their, their outgoingness and their strengths. 
I think as well, if you find it hard to talk to people, which is something for a lot of people, try to have a bank of like conversation starters. Try and listen well and ask questions so you get to know people. I think hosting is definitely a learnt skill, which is encouraging because it means we can all learn how to do it. I think just really practically, if you try to just be creative and be willing, but also just keep it really simple. It doesn't have to be anything really grand. Remembering here, I guess that the key is that if you wait for everything to be just so before you host people and live around people, it probably won't happen. If you wait for your extension to be done, your house to be done, spare time, it just won't happen. So the second key is to don't wait. I think the, the, point, the, the key point is we don't do anything clever or fancy. For us, we just sort of literally invite people to live around us. Um, we like, invite them into the good, the bad, and the ugly, and somehow in God's grace, as, as we offer that, he seems to use it. Um, as Vicky already has said, it does feel a bit costly and daunting sometimes, but it's so worthwhile, and again, a huge investment for us as a family, for you as a family. Um, in 1994, when we were first married, we, um, we hosted a couple from a church in Chicago, in Chicago, and we were like hugely impacted by them. They were so much further on in their walk with God than us, and um, they just really affected us. They, they left some fire in our hearts for God, and, and usually that's the case. We, we like host visiting speakers or team, and their passion and heart is communicated on the trip, and they leave a deposit with you. Um, we loosely stayed in touch with a couple over the years, and, and last year, like 20 years later, um, they came back and visited us, along with two kids and a grandma. And, um, again, um, we hosted them, and, and they impacted us hugely um, as a family. Um, again, leaving fire in our hearts. And just, I just think the point being is that when we host guests, you know, people that have come for conferences, that sort of stuff, it just leaves a fire in your heart for God, and it's really, it's such a two-way thing. Um, as an unexpected bonus, they um, have church planted in Hawaii, and we've now got a, <laughs> we've got an open invite to go there. So, not that that should be a motive to host. <laughs> Often we've hosted in in like chaotic seasons in our lives, like house renovations, kids having exams, family crises, and there's obviously wisdom to be had in this. And we don't always need to say yes, um, but sometimes it's just so easy to not even consider it. Um, because of what's going on around us. And we've got many stories of amazing friendships that have started through hosting people. Another story that I really love is um, a couple of years ago, well, three or four years ago, we had a team come from Bethel, and we had six stay in our house with us. Um, and one day we had 19 students hanging out in our house, and it was crazy. It's like holy carnage. Um, and Matt and Ty, uh, a couple from that trip, stayed with us and stayed in touch, and they've been back actually a couple of times now. And they loved King's Arms and the Millers so much that they planned to come and move to Bedford. Um, but the reason they were impacted so strongly was, to quote from Matt, um, I've been told to find a spiritual father and go serve his vision. You are that father. And it's just, just by inviting people to, to live and be part of our lives, simply loving them, you gain sons and daughters um, who are prepared to travel thousands of miles to come and serve the vision that you feel called to is really powerful. Um, can you see like, just how being hospitable really can change everything? Um, it's obviously not a reason to do it, but um, God uses all things. And I love the way that God uses the simple things. That last story, the, 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 those guys were prepared to come and move to Bedford. They've been all over America, all over Europe, uh, Brazil, and further on mission trips. They serve at Bethel, um, but they wanted to come back 
to Bedford. <laughs> and why? Why would they do that? Just because we love them really simply. Okay, the third key is to be intentional, have an intentional attitude towards being hospitable. And I think for us particularly, we've found that it's been really key to um, make a choice that we're going to live open lives and be hospitable ahead of seeing the need. So, for example, when we moved into our house, which we felt God had hugely blessed us with in, in giving it to us, we specifically said to him, you know, this house is for your kingdom. We want you to use us and this house for whatever you want to do, whoever you have for us to draw alongside. Um, so that when opportunities come along, hopefully our default answer is yes, come around for dinner. Yes, come and stay when the conference is on. Yeah, come and hang out. So I'm not saying that we never say no or that you can't say no to events, but it is, I think, about a heart attitude of being willing to reach out and love people. As Damien said earlier, like God promises in the Bible that after loving him, loving others is the most important way to live. And it's not because it's just a kind thing to do. It's because God, God knows that it's the most powerful way to affect people's lives. You know, if we look at what Jesus did when he was on earth, he like preached and healed the sick. And, but it was like all done through relationship. You know, he challenged the way things were done. He spent time with people. He hung out with the unlovely in society and totally challenged people's thinking on, on that. And um, we look at him with his disciples and it, it's like he models for us something of family, just like eating and living and praying and sleeping and walking and talking together. So he taught about loving people, but he did so much more. He totally showed us like how to do that. And actually, he was the ultimate host, giving his, life, you know, his love and his time and his energy. And he didn't even have a home from which to do that, yet still hosted really well. And I think that's a challenge for all of us, whether we're living, if we're renting, if we're buying a house, if you're single, dating, married, whatever's going on for you. Even if you're a student, I don't think anybody's discounted from this stuff. So I think lots of the people that we love and we're trying to influence are in the church and the people we're trying to be hospitable to. But for us, actually... We're really trying to reach out to like our kids' teenage friends or like my home ed friends or for Damon, it's the project guys he's trying to mentor through business, but also the guys he meets through business. Um, it will look different, obviously, for all of us, and it will depend on the type of person you are and your job and your situation. I guess part of being intentional for us is like we want people to know that they're always welcome at our house and they can knock on our door whenever they want. So just simple decisions like trying to choose, like, okay, let's always invite people in if they knock on the door or... Let's offer them a drink when they come in so they know that we want to spend time with them. They're not just like, you know, in our way. Just little tiny actions that can kind of help us with our, you know, empower us to be intentional in the way that we love people. You know, if I'm really honest, when there are conferences and people come to visit, it can be a real choice to have people come and stay, you know. Um, but as a church that's called not just to influence Bedford, but actually the nations, I think it's really important that we're hospitable to visitors and strangers. It's, it's definitely biblical. Ahead of time, I think the, you know, the cost of sort of giving up beds and lots of extra cooking can feel like a cost, but actually, like Damien has sort of hinted at, without fail, every time we've invited somebody to live with, you know, stay with us when they're, when they're here, it has massively blessed us and, and hopefully them too. One, as they feel something of God's heart and love for them, but I think it builds something so much in us as well and also in our kids, welcoming and, and loving people. We've been like so blessed over the years with amazing conversations and friendships that you know have gone like over the years and all from times of you know stemming from like times of hosting people I think it's just really important that it's not about a formula or having clever words to say I think it's just about figuring out how you work and how God wants you to use your resources to show his love and so simply making a choice to be intentional in conversations and bringing God's love and truth to all situations whether you're at home or whether you're at work or school can really change your perspective I think on being hospitable 
You're doing well, guys. Thanks for listening to us. It's like watching two scared rabbits in the headlights. Um, so for me, when setting a business up, um, one of the key things I knew I wanted to do was to love people and try and positively impact lives. So right from the start, when I set it up, um, I, I've had the joy of working alongside amazing guys for the project. And I can honestly say I love having them as part of my business. Um, and it's such a privilege. And my aim is through um, encouraging and mentoring them, the guys who start with me would end up being employed full time. Not necessarily through me, but in other places to like give them a leg up into back into work. Um, and for a lot of these guys, having a routine and a purpose and then going on to getting a good reference is like a huge stumbling block for them back to employment. Um, so my vision is to try and be the bridge back to work. I love what the project does in homing, loving and discipleship. Um, they're amazing, I think. But we're realizing that more and more that actually um, being employed is part of uh, the longer term road to sustainable and healthy life. And um, again, like my strategy really is simple. It sounds a bit cheesy, but it's just love. <laughs> um, it's that's really all I do. Um, I'm not great at counselling or trying to get to the bottom of their issues or their problems. And to be really honest, I'm not amazing at praying for them or being really spiritual around them. Um, a lot of what I do is just showing them respect, trust and honour. Um, so, for example, one really simple thing that I do is I, I from the start, I show them where I keep my wallet um, in, in my van. I get them to pass it to me and I go and buy them lunch. And then I give it back to them and they put it back again. And I just want to communicate to them, you can be trusted. It's really, really simple. Um, it's, these, they don't often get trusted, and it really does go a long way. And another simple thing I try and do through the business is just like buy them a little bit of uniform. Um, again, it's, it's really tiny. It's, it's, not, it's not a hard thing to do. Um, but it just shows that I'm investing in them, and, and, and they've not had much of that in the past. Um, and then we just, we just laugh a lot. Um, I, invite, I invite them into every part of my day, really. My jokes, they're really funny. Um, <laughs> my lunch, and I, we invite them into our home. We just try and love them well. And it's not brain surgery again, but I know that if you ask them, that they would say um, they feel loved and honoured and respected by me. And, and hopefully that I'm making a difference and eventually being part of the long-term change that affects their life for good. Okay, the fourth and final key is recognizing that hospitality is a key tool in discipleship. Actually, hosting people by making them feel welcome and loved in your home or family is a bit like a fast track of discipleship, I think. I don't think there's anything more radical than letting others see you walk out all areas of your life. Um, it's important that I think that we don't feel like we have to always offer these really polished performances of discipleship. Um, watching you walk through tough family situations, marriage issues, how you handle your money and your time, how actually do you enjoy life? How do you worship God when time is hard? Great conversations and discipleship moments actually can just be had over doing laundry and cooking dinner. You don't even need to be a great cook. Invite people around and cook together. I think it's these shared experiences though of like leaning on each other and eating and laughing and crying together, being really real, that changes people and builds relationship. It's what family do ultimately. And I think that there's a key role within this church for like spiritual mothers and fathers. The need for all of us to be family to others, to disciple people, raise them up, you know, delight when we see them overtake us and truly flourish. And I think when you live around people like this, sometimes tough conversations need to be had as well. It isn't always about hosting people so they feel like warm and fluffy. But that is discipleship, calling the best out of people, reacting from a place of grace because we've been shown so much grace by God ourselves, believing the best, sometimes confronting, 
and always cheering on from a place of love. And what better way to do this from a place of authentically living around each other? So yeah, Vicky's just said, uh, like being family to people is a key form of discipleship. Um, and I feel called to love as a father. When you love as a father, as opposed to just a lead leader, you love with no agenda. Um, and a couple of years ago, um, a funny thing happened. I, I realized I was no longer playing lots of guitar, and I play lots of guitar. Um, and I, I love playing guitar. And um, But I, I suddenly realized it was fine to not play loads. And I thought about it and realized that actually it was because my kids were playing loads, and they were writing songs, and they were amazing at it. And, and it was really my pleasure to see them overtaking me. And, and it, sort of like, it was like watching them sort of ticked my guitar playing box. I didn't really feel like I needed to play anymore because I was so proud of my kids. I was no, no longer striving to be the best player um, or, the, or, or you know, to write amazing songs. It was like I was so proud of what they were doing. Um, and I really felt God speak to me through, through that, actually. Um, I felt like God say it's an example of loving as a father without agenda. And that when you lead people as a father, um, whether your own kids or spiritual kids, uh, your ambitions change and it becomes a joy to see others overtake you and you stop being precious about your ministry. It becomes a beautiful thing to see your kids run faster than you, to lift them up on your shoulders and, and sort of show the world what they're doing. Um, and if you lead as a father or mother, any sense of insecurity leaves you and you become happy to see your kids running faster, further and stronger than what you are. So just to really quickly recap the four points. The first key is that hospitality is something that each and every one of us is called to. So open our lives and hearts to know God wants us to be family to others. And what does that look like? Secondly, whilst understanding that it isn't always neat and perfectly packaged, or maybe as we prefer it to be, but the reality is it probably never will be. So don't wait. Thirdly, have an intentional attitude about being real and authentically loving, having made a choice to invest in people around us. And then fourthly, know that hospitality can be a key tool in discipleship, which is done just in a really very natural and normal way. So Vicky and I feel called to be family to, to, to others and to love them and see them go further than we have. And as a church, we're called to love with no agenda. And we genuinely believe that love will make a difference where strategies fail. And that family will stay and fight for each other where organizations or groups won't. Like if you're in a club and something goes wrong, the club or the group disbands. Um, but if you're in a family and something goes wrong, you fight for all your worth to fix it, to make it right. And we feel like, we, you know, just as a church, we need to major on this, pushing to love others and be family above everything else. Not to be a club, not to just turn up on a Sunday, but to be family, to really try and be family together. That's what we feel called to. Thanks for listening to us, guys. Mm -hmm.